Hello, my name's Nick, and my work serves me really good free food. <sighs> and my name's Sarah, and my work's cafeteria is meh. Welcome to Sandwich Kisses. tell her what the full intro was i was just gonna make her respond immediately she knew it was down but but really yeah so i think i've said this before i work at stratcom out here and the cafeteria at stratcom well it's not a bad cafeteria it is it's just okay (laughs) uh uh, you know your standard takeaway food items you know the the basic normal garden salad with iceberg lettuce and they have like an anthony's pizza a sub making station and then like a grill and they have like a special every day so like i think today since it's they don't do taco tuesday on tuesday they do it on wednesday (laughs) yeah they have this giant taco salad thing but i like i think it's thursday or friday they do spaghetti and it's like when you get a spaghetti hankering hankering for spaghetti yeah like oh yeah i need some i need some pasta you have to pay anything for your food? Yeah, it's not free like oh, you. <laughs> yeah. So my my food is free at Google. Uh, people probably heard that the food is really good there. That's true. <laughs> it is really true. I have been there. <laughs> I've not had spaghetti in a long time, though. Uh, and spaghetti, I think it's like one of the easiest things you can make. I know. That's why they don't make it. It's like, oh, would you like a fancy kale salad with caviar? And I said, oh, you should make no. your own spaghetti at home. I was telling you this. So here's a person who I I feel bad. I feel like you shouldn't have to live off frozen meals and delivery. You should. I wanna I wanna break you out into venturing into cooking. I think you'd enjoy it. I think you know girls like a man who can cook. No, they don't. Uh, actually, I, I have no idea what girls like. But <laughs> I did used to cook pretty often, and then. I got depressed, and then I got lazy. And now it's some combination of that. Sometimes I don't even eat. Like, I probably won't even eat dinner tonight. I went through that phase more recently. I lost a lot of weight because of it. (laughs) I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I'm gaining weight. I'm not eating, and I'm just getting fatter. (laughs) It's the worst. It's the worst. Don't don't do this, kids. Do not starve yourself. It is not healthy. (laughs) Uh, all right, so moving on to, to happier Tweets topics. of the week. Tweets of the Tweets week. Of the week. Boom, 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 boom. I actually came prepared this time. Okay. And uh, apologies for the this late posting of the last episode. It, <laughs> yeah, it took 25 days. To get was that. it really that long? Oh, my gosh. Was, we recorded oh. on November 3rd. Uh, oh. It went up oh, on November I... 28th. <laughs> and I have like three weeks of Destiny 2 updates to give you, but we will go through oh, Tweets of the Week first. Oh, okay, yes. Hit it. Uh, you go first let's see, what did you have? Uh, Well, you had one on there. Yeah, okay. Okay, so I'm pretty sure people are, are well aware of the um, tweet that the president made about how he's like, oh, I don't want to be person of the year. For Time Magazine. Well, 
if you hadn't, like, a bunch of celebrities and people started mocking him on Twitter. And I loved Mark Hamill's. Uh, if you don't follow Mark Hamill, you should. He's hilarious. Uh, his at Hamill himself. Is he uh, like a Game of Thrones character? If you don't know who Mark Hamill is, just get out of get out of the room. Just get out of here. I'd smack you. If you don't know Star Wars, Sarah doesn't want to talk to you. I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> okay. It's Mark. It's Mark Hamill. He's the voice of the Joker, basically as well. So, uh, he he tweeted. Uh, I think it was it was this last Friday. Um, Time Magazine called to say that I was definitely going to be named, quote, man, parentheses, person of the year, end quote. But I would have to agree to leak major episode eight spoilers. I said, no problem. But they told me you turned it down and now I don't want it anymore. Thanks anyway. And then, you know, had the the retweet from Donald Trump's Mm -hmm. uh, quote where he was like, oh, I was... I turned that. Uh, yeah, I just—it's just so funny. In uh, in my life, I've been seeing a lot of flat earther news, and I don't know why that oh, is. Oh God! <laughs> Somebody in California was going to launch a rocket to show yes. that the Earth was flat. It was not. It did not take off due to like FAA airspace regulations. But I saw somebody send out a tweet that said. A lunar eclipse flat earthers have never seen. And it's just like a super weird looking, like, just like, like a flat shadow <laughs> over the, the, the uh Oh my god, that's hilarious. I'm looking at it right uh, now. <laughs> so <laughs> that that tweet will be in the show notes. You can look at the picture. It's, it's hilarious. Uh, I saw another one today where a flat earther uh, targeted, who was it? Uh, Elon Musk. And Elon Musk was saying, uh, where's the where's the Flat Mars Society? And somebody <laughs> from the Flat Earth Society said, well, I mean, the Earth is obviously flat, but Mars is round. Mars <laughs> is a sphere. <laughs> Mars is definitely Yeah, Mars is totally a sphere, but the Earth is flat. And that was just like their only statement. I'm like, okay, that's your, your Flat Earth update of the day. Uh, before I talk about Destiny 2, you talked about... Uh, Game of the Year stuff last week, or I, I guess did. last month. Or the <laughs> last month. I mean last week is uh, the beginning last of the, the beginning of this this month. Yep. This is November still. I had to really listen to the. I told, already told Sarah this, but I'm going to repeat it for everybody else. I listened to the whole episode every time before we upload it, just to make sure everything sounds okay. And it had been so long since we recorded episode eight, I did not remember what we talked about. And then I remember like Sarah's discussion about how she thinks. Star Wars Battlefront 2 is going to be like <laughs> the game of the year. And a lot of stuff has happened since then. And even if you subtract that, it maybe isn't the best game. But I haven't played it. This is just hearsay. Oh, uh, okay. going to tell me about how her beloved Star Wars Battlefront 2 has turned out. Definitely not the best game. I, I really did like the campaign. The campaign was fun. It was a good story. It looked interesting. Um, so it fills I'm in actually really going to play... It did, and it gave people more fan theories to talk about Ray's parentage, which I totally disagree with. But shots fired. Shots fired. Um, I actually, you know, the the story was 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 really nice. You know, added to the universe. Uh, I actually will be playing the. They're going to be releasing a expansion to the campaign sometime this next week, right before you know Star Wars. 
episode 8 comes out. Uh, and I won't be playing it until I go to my brother's house, because he actually was here when we played through the campaign, so I'm going to wait for him and see if there's going to be any new spoilers. I think, um, from what I heard, um, this new expansion that's coming out soon, they're actually going to have the Battle of Crate, which is going to be in the next Star Wars movie. No. Yeah. That's what I've been, I saw some, some sneak peek stuff talking about that, so we'll, I'd be, I'm interested to play and see. I haven't played it since my brother came out, but the, it was, it's, it's an enjoyable shooter. Um, I'm not crazy, too crazy about the new flight mechanics for the, the, the fighter, like the flying ships, uh, the spaceships and stuff. It's really hard for me to get used to in comparison to the first Battlefront. What did they What did they change in the flight mechanics? That interests me. I think they changed the actual flight engine that they used. Is what I've I'm trying to remember what they switched. They 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 changed it up though. It just feels different. So it's not necessarily the controls are different. It just kind of how everything like how it floats or feels. how it moves, how fast yes. everything goes. Uh, yeah, and I think speed. it just feels like over Like it feels oversensitive to me. And I don't know if it's because I'm playing on a different system this time around. Because I had Battlefront on Xbox, and this time I got it on PlayStation 4. I can't imagine there's a lot of changes in cross-console sensitivity like that. Yeah, I don't think so either. So that's why I'm like, I, it has to be. And I think I remember reading that they actually had changed the, the flight, the, the game flight engine that they used for the, the spaceships. So that's taken a lot of time for me to get took time for me to kind of get used to it that day we were playing it. Also... Uh, not to say, I don't mind the lighting. I know a lot of people hate the over-the-shoulder shooter. I don't mind it so much. Um, because I've played, I think, other games like that, like Mass Effect was like that. But the mechanic, and this is what made the big headlines news, is the fact that loot boxes, in order to make your characters better, you have to get loot boxes, which give you upgrades to your characters. It's not like the loot box system in Overwatch, where it's just you know, pretty aesthetic type stuff that nothing will improve your character. Uh, Not even a golden gun. What? No, it does. The golden gun can do <laughs> damage. If you oh, have tracers and LP, no. you move faster. Everybody knows that. Nope. Nope. So, this became a huge controversy because initially when the game was released as well, people were complaining about not only was the progression system to get up to the next level to get loot boxes without having to pay for them, was it slow, but... It was like basically pay to win sort of deal with these loot box system, the loot box system that they had, and it was and the fact that Darth Vader was locked to like whatever level, there was so much flack from the Reddit and community like Reddit like the the AMA on Reddit or something was the most downvoted post in Reddit history, like the most all time downvoted like Reddit post so was. The Battlefront 2 AMA. Or I didn't even like think that. it was the AMA. I think it was just the Battlefronts. Uh, oh, like, their response. They just respond to somebody's response? thread. Comment, yeah. And that like is the like by far like like at least five to ten times more downvoted. Most downvoted comment in else. all of Reddit history. Yeah. Yeah. So there was so much flack from the community, and then uh, on top on top of it. A lot of uh, European countries have started, uh, I think, putting together lawsuits because they were saying that the loot box system was a, just another form of gambling. So that that's another thing that's happening as well. 
So, uh, so much flack from everybody and like downranking it to all hell, like the user score from for like the the major gaming uh, critics. People like the user like the user score was like like a negative number at that or something. It was like 0 0.8, 0 0.08 or something. Uh, that EA uh, not only did they re make the progression level progression faster, uh, they reduced the the lock the level cap lock level where you unlock Darth Vader, but they now currently are not charging for loot boxes anymore. You cannot buy with physical money loot boxes anymore. They they made the progression like four x faster, right? Yeah, they, they 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 had like made it a lot faster than what is originally because like, that was a huge complaint from people. The, the cost of things are like a quarter of what they used to be. Does that sound right or no? Well, you you can't even buy loot boxes with real money. Uh, you can you can use like I, there's I mean, some. I mean like the you pick up some like in yeah you pick up some in some in game credits and things from things you get like kind of like in Overwatch, mm -hmm. but um that's that I don't think. The, the, they, they really changed the price of the loot boxes for that particular mechanic. I just know that physical money, you can't buy it anymore. Uh, largely because Disney came down like a hammer on EA uh, and pretty much like had, I, like you just hear it's like they pretty much told them to, I think is what people assume is like, no, you can't do this. You're, you're ruining the brand name for Star Wars by doing it. And now I've kind of heard rumors that uh, Disney probably will take the Star Wars Battlefront title away from EA. I hope so. I I think a lot of people hope so too because I don't like the EA. biggest thing is like you had a great Battlefront two game originally back in the day, and all you got to do was take that game and you know fix a little bit with some of the game mechanics, copy paste all the graphics onto it, and boom, people would have loved it, and they couldn't even do that. It's all about a money grab for EA. I'd, I'd be very excited to see what another company can do with the Star Wars property. Because like you said, like it sounds like the campaign is The question is, is cool. which company? Because all the major game companies these days, most of them are money whores. What's, uh, it feels like. What's 2K up to? I don't know. It's I don't know. I, I mean, the, the company I'm still happy with, and I can't wait for Last of Us 2 to come out, I think Naughty Dog would be reasonable they they haven't sold their souls but or maybe maybe if i was disney maybe give it to a smaller a smaller gaming company that has maybe one really good game oh, hit no. under their belt that's been on the indie base and give them some money to try and come up with the good Star Wars game. The other, the other company they work with is Warner Brothers, right? Or no? EA. Uh, Disney. Uh, no, Disney owns does not work with Warner Brothers. I thought they made a lot like, of Warner Brothers. Like, I thought Warner Brothers licensed other Disney properties. Uh, I don't whether think it's so. Avengers or no, you're thinking Marvel. Okay. So Warner Brothers owns the DC, pretty much the DC comics in that universe and all that that material. Marvel was bought out by Disney. Okay. Disney also owns the Star Wars because they bought those, you know, back a few years ago. Um, so but 
I'm trying to think what else Disney owns. D Disney, I think... Because as far as Warner Brothers, I know only Warner Brothers has the CW. Disney has ABC, which is a much larger network than the CW. I'm trying to think what else there is. But Disney's the powerhouse. Disney's, Disney is more money and has higher quality of products than Warner Brothers does. So that's like very, very consistent uh, how, with how do you explain the this, content that they put out. How do you explain the Star Wars game by EA that everybody's upset about? Well, that's because it's fucking EA. Everyone knows EA's shit bags these days. And I think, you know, this deal with EA was probably made, you know, a few years ago. But I think Disney is going to. You know, I, I, they might have worked with them on previous movie title games or stuff, but I think Disney's going to learn its lesson and be more choosy with what other game company that they're going to use to put out Star Wars content. Because, it was not good. But back to Disney properties, uh, I know we're kind of getting a little off track, but if you haven't seen it, uh, the new... Avengers Infinity War trailer dropped today. I haven't if seen you it. follow the Marvel movie cin cinematic universe at all. You're going to be uh, equally upset with me, but in the last episode you were talking about the Star Wars trailer. I honestly still haven't seen that yet. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, I need to joking. smack you. I'm going to reach through this computer screen and smack I'm not you. I'm joking. I haven't even seen it yet. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Tisk tisk tisk. You know how I feel. I uh I got my little porg plush to hang in my car window today too. Porg porg porg. Porg porg porg. All right, so yes, my my completely wrong the <laughs> uh, game of the year for Battlefront Two. Oh my gosh. I was hopeful. I learned my lesson not to be hopeful with EA games. So, <laughs> moving on. I played a I played a whole bunch of a game where there was no controversy regarding in-app purchasing and in-game progression. Uh, I think it got a whole bunch. Uh, we can talk about that in a second, but I I actually have not played that game. I think in like three weeks because I've been busy binging things but we'll talk about that later so what game have you been consistently playing for the last three weeks destiny 2 oh. which has had that controversy and they did a whole bunch of weird stuff with that did you hear any of that or no wait what uh destiny 2 had issues so a whole bunch of or some redditors found out that certain events yield you less XP than it says on the screen. Oh, really? And they found out that they were giving you less XP for grindy type events. Oh. To you from grinding, but everything on the screen displayed like, you know, a thousand XP. And you'd maybe get like 500 or sometimes less than like less than half. Less than a quarter. Oh, depending on how like how much its algorithm has thought you were grinding. 
Uh, oh, that's stupid. And people were like, oh, this is, you know, this is because there's uh, those bright engrams that you get when you, like, after you hit level cap and you, quote, level up, you just get these uh, special engrams, uh, which you can otherwise only buy through their store. So they're like, they're trying to slow down the rate of bright engrams so people maybe buy these more often. <laughs> it's the only way you can get bright dust, and you can use that to buy rare emotes and weapon ornaments and some other stuff. Yep. Uh, uh. But I, so, last we talked, I think we had attempted to, to do the raid, and it didn't work out that weekend. Or maybe we had just done the raid, and we spent two days on it. So. Oh, I think I gave. I think that was the. I think I gave you the the guide that I had from my clan. That's after we failed it the first time. Mm. So we did it we, the week before, or that week we attempted it. We were only able to get through part of it, uh, before we just ran out of time for the week. Then we did it again, where we split it up over two days to do. Uh, to do it all, and it maybe took eight to nine hours. Did another week. We were all way higher level, and I think it took us closer to three hours. Last week we did it in 90 minutes. This week I ran it with some random people, and I did it in 70 minutes. So, raid's easy, but uh, new DLC's coming out next week. I'm excited to mess around with that, particularly because it oh. raises the power caps. I think everything's 3.30 now. That is now. out next week. They're I guess I'll have to get back into playing it. <laughs> so when they do that, I was also told the normal, not the prestige raid, was going to go up to 300 power level. So if you're not up so there yet, you're probably going to be hurting if you do the raid again. Well, I mean, when I left, I was 3.04 when I oh. last played, so... You were 3.05? should be fine. No, I know you are now. I sent Sarah like a I, message at like 3 a.m. this morning <laughs> when I, I was went like, from 3.04 to 3.05. I'm like, yeah. Your time. I was awake. I was like, who's texting me at this ungodly hour of the morning? It's Nick. <laughs> Nick is sending you Destiny 2 screenshots oh, on his phone. But yeah. Ugh. It's, uh, I'm, I'm. I hit all the end game content. I hate all the PvP in that game. Every time I'm giving a daily or weekly, that's like Crucible or Iron Banner. Or I'm strange. Still haven't do done like Trials of the Nine. PvP. I haven't done Trials either because I cannot. I can't win my people. first one, so I can start losing the next seven. <laughs> yes. Uh, so I've never done Trials, uh, but I don't know. Uh, I haven't either. I think I tried it once and failed horribly. But I like regular PvP. Uh, regular PvP is okay. Like, I begrudgingly play. I actually liked uh, Iron Banner best. Yes, Iron Banner has been good. Cause I like that format. I like the gear you get. Yeah. I like the format. I liked uh, the. It was, you got Iron Banner tokens and Crucible tokens, so you were getting, like, mm -hmm. double currency. That was kind of nice. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, I, I'm not super elite, so I'm not getting, like, the crazy heat seeking weapons that everybody else has. Um, mm hmm. That's me. I just earlier today I did the challenges on the baths, uh, which is where one person has to always stay in the somebody always needs to be in the center pool. At all oh times. yes, yes the royal the pools yeah I know which part of the raid you're talking I about. I just I just never done the the challenge for that, uh, and th this week was the challenge for the 
for the pools. I do. I remember attempting that the last time I played. We didn't get it, though. I, again, found some randos. They were all 305. They were all, like, best possible gear. We did one cycle. Uh, one person just stayed in there with a barrier and with, like, lots of healing. And he, he said he's literally unbound his jump button. He's like, I don't want to accidentally jump. So he unbound his jump button. <laughs> or put, like, uh. he put, like, to seven or, like, numlock or something weird. And he just stayed in there and kind of cycled buffs. And in one round, we got all the uh, the lanterns and we were done it went That's super awesome. fast got your plane on pc yeah <laughs> i yeah i don't know like remember trying to do the raid at 275 and doing the raid at 305 there's a huge difference there really is i don't need more than two stacks to kill my dog now yeah i know i got hawthorne's shotgun at 305 i got my alts I got other buffs on my elementals. Uh, yes, you should definitely get back into Destiny 2. I probably will. You're coming soon. Uh, probably with the... I feel like work's been busy and holidays, and I've been going on... I know I haven't talked about it, but I've ventured into the, the dating, online dating, so I feel like, strangely, my time has been taking up by going out on dates. When a lot of times, like, oh, I just want to be at home, and I just want to be playing games. Or actually, lately, um, I've been binging on Korean dramas. So that's what I've been doing a lot lately. <laughs> All I want to do is watch my, my K-dramas. I've never seen a single K-drama, and I never will. I really want you to watch one with that's... me. We can, we can try and find a shorter one, and I usually only really watch the ones that are, like, rom-coms. Oh, yay. But I think they're just super funny and ridiculous. Is there... This idealized perfect, not perfect, but like odd ways. Like, does this really happen in Korea? I don't think so, but it's nice to imagine it does. Is there a Korean Seinfeld equivalent with like bum, ba -dum, bum, 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 bum? Uh, I don't, not that I am aware of. Because I'd be interested in watching, I guess, a K comedy or a K sitcom. We could we could definitely find a K comedy. Or like a like a Korean IT crowd with a Korean moss and an Irish roar. <laughs> Still Irish. I don't know about that. Uh, but we could definitely I said like I would definitely like to see if I could get you to, to watch one with me. I think you you'd you'd like it. Okay. I'll give you no more than two minutes to talk about Korean T V shows. Tell us Yay. about Korean T V shows. All right, Korean TV shows are are just funny to me, and I I've been I like to watch. It all started with like a Taiwanese and Japanese dramas I watched originally in college, and then it just drifted into Korean dramas because they are very prevalent. You can find them on Netflix. They're on Hulu now. They're so much more prevalent than like you know any of the Taiwan or Japanese dramas or other Asian countries dramas. So. This this last few weeks, actually, I binged on two dramas. Uh, one was called Weightlifting Fairy Kimbokju, which uh, was another like comedy type, romantic one. Uh, follows this this your main character Kimbokju. She's this 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 female weightlifter, and it, this weird, funny. She's like at the sport college or something. 
that they have in Korea, which apparently they have sport colleges or something. I don't know if that's a thing. <laughs> and and it kind of follows her through and her friends through um, their time there and, and her romance, her budding romance that was more like, oh, I'm annoyed with this boy at first. And they eventually fall in love, uh, who was the swimmer on the swim team or something. Uh, and then I watched, after that I finished that one, I watched Goblin, the great and lo- the lonely and great god, which actually was a very big, one of the, the most popular, most watched dramas in Korea and I think worldwide last last winter. So and I, had, I remember seeing tr- like commercials for it and everything. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to get around. I'm going to watch it. And it makes you cry. It makes you laugh. The acting was really good in it. The story was unique and different. And, you know, it had some, you know, like supernatural elements to it. And I just love the way that Korean people act, I guess. They're just, just, just these unique beings and these weird, you know, tropes that you see from like show to show that they always do. Hit me with some and, TV show tropes. Uh, so like the guy, like the girl's gonna walk away, and he just grabs her wrist and pulls her in, and she's like, "Oh my god!" And then they like, sh- like keep on them for like the longest stare ever from like, and then they play like this this smooth korean like k-pop like slow ballad song as you're looking at them or like oh my gosh they almost kiss like it's it's like um like not like in american shows where it's all hot and heavy no it's like a slow budding romance type like they don't really kiss until like midway or end of the series like so it's a lot like and they don't really do the I actually remember the show. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, no, so it's like, I don't know, I, I would call it more PG. But it's like that, it's not like uh, the over-sexualized dramas that we have today. It's like the slow build and there's, you know, comedy and, and weird, goofy things that they do. Uh kind of like in some like asian like in in anime is like oh they have the beach episode they sometimes have that in k-dramas it's very i actually feel like it's very similar to some of the the more light-hearted uh at least the ones i watch the light-hearted type animes those are called sarah no 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 light-hearted so how many tentacles are in a K-drama? On no, no, there are no tentacles. Okay. What other tropes? I'm trying to... Um, trying to get a feel for this. Tropes. Do they um, all speak Korean? Oh, of course. Okay. I actually always find it funny when they bring in, like, they speak English, or they're like, oh, I speak great English. When and they have like some Amer like American or like Canadians like actual like English speakers in the show and the I think the writing is just so cheesy and and weird. It actually, kind of reminds me of some of the the acting from like the room, the Tommy Wiseau movie. <laughs> but it's cheesy and it's just kind of fun to watch. Um, 
cannot say know, it's like dramas. the the guys are the, the men are always like well to do or lots of money or well off like they're like a superstar or businessman and they always like the girl is always someone who's typically like a is not as you know she's from like not lower class but like not as well to do family as the guys typically are um there's sometimes always like sometimes a makeover scenes and some of them depending on the, the particular drama or the girl always has to be saved actually that's a that's a big one the damsel in distress is a very big big trope in in these movies and in, in these and in these shows um cause I'm watching another one called the the water god and his the bride of the water god mm-hmm. and I can't tell you how many times she has like oh no there's a car it's gonna hit me and then the guy like comes in and saves her like I think she's had her life saved like I've lost count it's it's it was a lot in the show <laughs> was the car moving like Austin Power style where it's like no and it's moving it actually kind of like that it's like oh god they build it up it's not like immediate action it's like oh no they see it coming <gasps> or like the, one of the first one of the episodes like she like is like pushed off a building and the guy the main act uh, the the guy who plays Habek or the water god he's like in one of the, the the floors and he sees her just looking slowly falling past and they make eye contact and he gets his powers back and he rushes out and like wraps his water ability around her and saves her and they land on the ground from like a 25 story building it's like Oh no! It's like constantly saving her life. It's pretty funny. Um, there's typically actually there's always typically like a love triangle or a love square or something like that <laughs> in, in those as well. I love me a good love love, love square. square. <laughs> um. But yeah, uh, I, I, it's probably one of my guilty pleasures, I think. I think because it is kind of cheesy, and I like it. Cheese. The cheese. And also, whenever I watch K-dramas, I, I really get in the mood for eating Korean food, especially. So, come, come Friday. So there's actually a Korean restaurant I haven't tried out here in Omaha yet. Um, called Korea Garden. They actually have... I have yet to find a place, even in Hawaii, that I have found. I absolutely love spicy, soft tofu stew. And I don't like it when they put, like, I just want the straight tofu in it. I don't want any extra stuff. I don't want, like, the seafood that they typically put in. I'd be fine if they threw, like, scallions and stuff in it. But I like just, I just like it straight up. Ever since uh, the Korean restaurant in Ames, where we went to school at Iowa State, that was like, that was the first place I had, and that was how I liked my spicy soft, so top, soft tofu stew. Or the Korean way to say it is sundubu jjigae. So, uh, I, I'm gonna order that from the, the Korean restaurant. I have not, one of the Korean restaurants out here I haven't tried yet. As well as another Korean food dish, which is very popular in Korea. It's a very popular street food out there. I have not had it before because I've never seen it on the menus at any of the places I've been to. So they have it here. 
It's called Dokboki. And it's basically... Yeah, um, Dokboki is basically these, like, rice cakes uh, in, like, a hot, spicy sauce. Um, I think the one that they have as well has the fish cakes in it as well, which I absolutely love fish cakes. I know some people probably find it gross, but I like I like the fish cakes. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to try that. Um, yeah, so Duck Bookie and Sundabu Jigae, those are like the two things I'm going to order when I get there. I also have like a giant thing of kimchi. I went to the Asian Mart the other weekend. I bought like a big thing of like radish kimchi and like normal cabbage kimchi that's just been sitting in my fridge and like picking away at it. It's like one of those giant jars of it too. So it's like, it's going to last me a little while. Luckily, it's just fermented cabbage and, and radish, which is how kimchi is. Yeah, I hate kimchi. So. The thought of fermenting cabbage <laughs> is sick to my stomach. You didn't like it when we went and ate there when I came out to visit last year? You don't remember? I did not eat the kimchi. Oh, man. I love kimchi. I'm weird. I'm just, I'm not yep. weird. I just... No, you're weird. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm like Koreans. I love it. It's like, I was born in the wrong country, apparently. Yeah. You were. Because kimchi is gross. <laughs> you know, like, Kimchi's delicious. I actually, because I also really like fish cakes as well. Sometimes you just let the fish I always ferment, wonder, don't you? I don't know. Fish, fish cakes, I think, I'm not sure how fish cakes are made, but it's typically, I think they get it frozen or however they make the fish cakes. And they usually like toss it in like a, I think like a sesame sauce of some sort or something a little bit sweeter. Um... And I actually remember I had a friend in, in college. She was half Korean, so when I go to her house, her place, and she'd make dinner like she would. Oh, I didn't realize my dog was under my feet. <laughs> uh, Boy Scout. <laughs> she she would like make fish cake, and I was just like, that's one thing. Like I wish I knew how to make. I want to learn actually how to make Korean food more because I can just do it myself. But I'd have to probably go and live in Korea. Which right now is not a good time, <laughs> but not the northern half. Not the well, not yeah. If, if uh, here's another thing that you probably saw on the news yesterday. So and shots fired. So this shots fired. Yes, uh, North North Korea launched a, another missile um, yesterday. Um, I'm trying to think if they actually classified it in the news yet. I haven't actually looked, <gasps> so I don't want I heard it was nuclear. I know more. No. I heard it could have gone all the way around the world and landed back on its base. So they are, like I said, if they're saying that, so yeah, so they are definitely improving the uh, distance that their missiles can go. And it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a no bueno, man. No bueno. So, uh, I would love. I still want to go to Korea. I would. I would probably love to get stationed there for a year, um, and enjoy that. I just wish it had happened at the beginning of my career versus now. So, but yeah, yeah, Korea. I've been also. Uh, Listening to BTS, this uh, Korean K-pop boy band group, which are pretty awesome. Apparently, they're really huge here. So, uh, South Korea number one. 
South Korea number one. Republic of Korea. So, enough about my, my Korean goodness. We should probably uh, get to our, our last tidbits. I still have to talk about Independence Day. Um, so, actually, I'm curious. So, you had told me you were trying to get Comic-Con tickets since they went. The lottery system or something went on sale the other day. Uh, so were you successful? Uh, so, they haven't gone on sale yet. They go on sale this Saturday. Oh. I got an email saying, if you already have a ID in the system, then you can register. If you don't, then I don't know if you can even register or not. Um, mm. So, you have to sign up for a stupid Comic-Con ID. You need to have your username and password ready. Then you need to log in at the exact time from a link that they send you, like a 30 minutes in advance, to a server system that's always 100% overloaded. I'll usually spend most of my time trying to get in there, and then it'll be like, usually like seven or eight minutes later, it'll let me in and say, oh, all the tickets have been sold. Uh, <laughs> so I'm going to try and get those tickets. I, I mean, I want to go to Comic-Con again. Because the last time I went, it was fun, and I have a great story about that. That would be cool. One, one day, I think it would be fun to go to, definitely go to Comic-Con one year. And scenario, since I, I, I do already make a, an annual trip out to San Diego, I should probably go inside the two at some point if I can swing it. You should. I really should. Uh, so, I had just watched Independence Day from our last podcast where I tried to describe Independence Day. And of course, I think we talked about Brent Spiner. And I know we talked about it, so we didn't talk about this story in the last one, right? No, we didn't. didn't tell I was going to lead into it from my Comic Con discussion because I had met both LeVar Burton and Brent Spiner at Comic Con the one time I was able to go. Brent Spiner is not very nice. Uh, he was like trying to get some like video online video series that he had going. Uh, I went there with my ex at the time, and she was like a really big fan of the series. And so like we were at the booth, and a whole bunch of people were taking photos. And he was like, he immediately got pissed. He's like, I see you can take photos of me. To like, like the crowd of like 60, 70 people around. He's like, well, how would you guys feel if I took photos of you? And like nobody cared. Like nobody there doesn't like a photo of me doesn't matter. Everybody wants a photo of Brent Spiner. <laughs> um, so, like, he was just really upset about that, and then he was asking, like, who saw my video series, and she was the only one, like, he's like, I saw it, and, like, she mentioned her favorite episode, and then, like, he was just more annoyed, because only one person had seen this stupid video series he was doing, and then, like, he didn't, like, acknowledge her at all, so I, I felt I felt bad, because he was not very nice. Uh, oh, man. But we went over to get uh, autographs from LeVar Burton. And, like, we were over there, uh, we waited in line, we got to the front of the line, and then, like, Brent Spiner came over to talk to him about something, and, like, we're, like, then Brent Spiner left, we're up next in line, and he's looking for a signature pen, and, uh, he's, he's like, I can't find my pen. He's, and I, I just mentioned to him, like, joke, I, I was, like, trying to pull a joke, I'm like, oh, you didn't see it? I think... Brent Spiner took it, and he yells "Brent!" at the top of his young lungs because <laughs> he's like that's a, like 
he was willing to believe immediately that Brett Spiner stole his fucking pen for no reason. Oh my god! <laughs> and then like I had to come clean. Like I start like I started laughing. I'm like, no, I'm just messing with you. Like, oh, well, it wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> and then like he just <laughs> whoever was in charge of the like the photo booth like eventually got him a new pen and, and signed it. But I love that Lavar Burton, the nicest guy I know, was immediately <laughs> willing just to tear Brett Spiner a new one for stealing his pen. Because I got to imagine that's not the first time that's been do that's that's happened to him. Uh, <laughs> uh, Lavar Burton is like the nicest per the nicest celebrity I've ever met. I would imagine if he's the reading rainbow guy, he should he should be the nicest. And this was, I mean, this was I also I imagine yeah, like that's also how I imagine actually. I think the nicest people that I you you would think from the Star Trek Next Generation, obviously LeVar Burton. I feel like uh, Patrick Stewart, Sir Patrick Stewart, would be one as well. And then Never also heard. Jonathan Frakes. So, I I'm, it's surprising would imagine he would be very nice as well. Just go go watch videos of like Star Trek conventions from the last couple years. Uh. I think uh, LeVar Burton and the actor who plays Worf. And I'm not good with actor names. Ah, uh, uh, Dorn. I'm trying to remember his first name. Michael Dorn. Michael Dorn. I think those are like the two nicest people from He from He Star actually Trek. is someone. I think you're right. I think I've heard he is very nice as uh, well. Not this, I'm not saying the others aren't nice. I just mean that they come, like, they always come off positive, happy, like, cheerful. Like, I've never seen a video of them, like, being brusque in a like, public situation. Uh they're always, always just really polite and like enthused to be a part, or seemingly enthused to be a part of what they're doing. That's uh, how it reminds me of how like uh, Mark Hamill is with the Star Wars fans. But it was Mark Hamill. It was great. It was great meeting. Like, kind of. I'm not like I don't know how much of it is it like their personality and their brand, but meeting. Like kind of somebody who's very upset and not very seemingly nice, right next to so like one of the nicest celebrities I've ever met within a span of like ten minutes. Uh, it was good. That's awesome. Besides Comic Con being like super packed and hard to move and do stuff, and I don't do cosplay, so I wasn't doing any of that. <laughs> but just like it was still fun. And then I That's and good. I have that story to tell people, and they think <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> I love it. But Brett Spiner is also in a movie that I asked you, yes, to tell me the plot of last week. That is true. I actually wasn't too far off, but there were definitely things, and I think I had some. Some I rewatched the movie, and I think the last time I'd actually sat down and watched the movie was definitely before I was actually in the military because I had some qualms. With uh, some of uh, some of the military stuff, but it's all right. First off, Will Smith's character, who's a, a Marine fighter pilot, not an Air Force fighter pilot, not an Air Force, a Marine Air, a Marine pilot. So he was flying an F eighteen, F eighteen. Um, the all of the fighter pilots, none of them were wearing G suits. They're they all just wearing suits. regular flights. Yeah. You need G's. No, dude, they just have such good hearts. No, no. <laughs> Fighter pilots wear G-suits. I think that might have been a little too much of attention to detail for me in the movie, but I was like, 
I'm not wearing a G-suit. Also, I was, you know, it was pleasantly surprised at how diverse the group of uh, fighter pilots were because I, I, I don't. All the I'm pilots you know are be, whites. No, there's just there's not a lot of fighter pilots that are of color. And I'm not trying to say that to be racist or anything. It's just it's just I've seen the demographics of the military, and I've seen I know what the demographics is of the pilot community as well, and. There's not a lot of um, black um, pilots in the Air Force, or maybe in some of the other services, but not in the Air Force. What which about is in the Marines? We're diversifying our force more, but it's just not as much. What? 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 Uh, they were in the Air Force. What were they in? Not Marines. They no, they were Marines. What about they the Marines? Marines? Is there more diversity? Uh, I'm not entirely sure about the Marines demographics. I, that's why I think it was more believable with Marines. Mm -hmm. I think. I mean, I know for a fact that I think the Army and the Marines are more diverse Okay, I, I got across that. across the entire service. I got an Episode 9 title for you. Episode 9, the Air Force is racist. <laughs> Air Force is not racist. It's just, uh, it's just I mostly think white Air people. It's not mostly white. We're, we're definitely growing in diversity. It's just when you look at the, the numbers from, from the years, it's just that Marines and Army has a more diverse force, but... It, there's there's more college, and I'm not trying to say racist, but there's more college-educated people in the Air Force than there are in the Marines or in the, the Army. We better just... How about you tell me more about the movie? You're digging yourself a deeper and deeper there, hole. I know. I'm trying not to be. I just... I'm not trying to be. It's just... I'm just going based off the numbers, and, and we are, like, the, the amount in military in general, like, the, have, is growing more diverse and diverse every year, and it should be, because we need that type of leadership and, and diversity amongst all the services. So, um, movie starts out with some, some rando signal being heard by this, this Indian guy, and he's like, what is this all? It, it, it basically starts off with the signals for all like the TV stations being all jacked up because the, something went wrong with the satellites. And you, you kind of see the spaceships moving in from our perspective as the audience, but everyone down on Earth is still trying to figure out what's going on, why, and everything. And so it kind of starts out really quick. Actually, it, it, they don't take too long to get to some of the main plot points. Um, so... People are, like, so static all-stars. People are like, I don't know what's going on. And then all of a sudden, they deploy from the mothership all the smaller but still freaking large ships to go over the, the major cities around the world. And people start freaking out. And Jeff Goldblum's character, like, had come to realize that the, 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 the signal that was interrupting all the TV signal was actually a pattern. And it was a countdown, and it was coming from these alien spaceships, and he had to get to the White House to tell the president. Well, not to tell the president. He was trying to get to the White House because his ex-wife worked for the president. Uh, and it just so happens that he, he he's like, I need to – well, he had to tell the president. It's like – because everyone's scrambling to figure out, like, what do we do, you know, trying not to cause mass panic. And he gets there, it's like – Oh yeah. Uh, by the way, this is a countdown. 
we need to get everyone evacuated immediately. So, uh, it's it's freaking crazy because by the time like he he's like he gets there and tells the president, it's like we only have like 20 minutes to to leave the White House. So they're like scrambling to get everyone out on Air Force One, and by the time the Air Force One is taking off, that's like when the countdown ends and they start blowing up like big like the major cities so like la new york and and washington dc and they blow up the white house and it's like air force one is taking off as this giant orange you know cloud of doom is behind them and uh, like fire and it's just i it, i'm surprised that this movie was not directed by michael bay <laughs> but it's very michael bay-esque because it's like, oh man, that Air Force One, it that that fires right under its belly. They're on its tail. Oh, but they survived. Um, yeah. So Will Smith's character uh, and all the other pilots, like, okay, so they're destroying. You know, they they're going up, and they're like, we're gonna go launch our our. They have like Amrams on. <laughs> on their their jets and when they launched and they figure out oh no they just impacted on the shield and they can't get through and then they start getting taken out real quick by all the little spaceship fighters and will smith loses Hen harry connick jr who's playing his wingman in the movie no he's like best friend he dies and it's like oh no put your mask back on i can't breathe and then he gets shot down and then he's you know, emoting through his eyes because he actually has his mask on. A real marine move, right? <laughs> A real marine move. So, you know, he's obviously, I think he's flying to the Grand Canyon at this point, and one of the other spaceships crashes, and then the other one, you know, he was able to somehow, I can't remember how he damaged it, but he, oh yeah, he deployed a chute, it went in like behind into the spaceship he got pulled out and the guy the, the spaceship kind of went whoop bloop so he's like oh i was actually surprised so this is where the other militaryism in me is like yeah the force of which he would eject from his jet at that altitude as well yeah i'm you know one thing i hear from some of my pilot friends especially when it comes to some of the ejection seat stuff uh Sure, it'll eject you out, and you might be alive when you, you get out, but goddamn, you're going to have, like, a broken neck or something broken. You'll probably be unconscious, too, potentially. I have not heard good things about ejection seats. So let's just say that. Okay. Especially with the force that they're being ejected out of their cockpit as well. Um, so that was one thing, and the fact that, like, the way he lands, I'm like, I'm surprised he didn't have broken legs. <laughs> The force at which he landed, I was like, what? So anyways, he's like, oh, he's all cool. He shakes it off. He goes over to the spaceship. He's like, huh, huh, yelling at it. And then you see the, the alien pop up. He's like, punches it. He's like, welcome to Earth. Boom. Boom. <laughs> Actually, Will Smith's character is just like full of one-liners in this movie. That's kind of funny. So he wraps it up and... The, the parachute he starts dragging across what looked like the salt flats of like Utah at this point but like this flat desert area 
and eventually the the caravan of all the the motorhomes because um you know the three kids and their crazy father who's the crop duster from earlier in the movie that um are living on they live in motorhomes and stuff so there with all the people who are like getting away from the cities and like trying to move across and get somewhere like don't know where they just farther away from the larger cities he comes across them and he's like take me to this uh there's a military base not too far and then he's like oh it's not on any maps he's like trust me it's there wink wink you know area 51 and all uh the president while they're up and also on um flying around in air force one and they're like we need to launch a nuke at these um these these spaceships as they're moving from city to city so they send like a whole fleet of b2 bombers out to launch which judging by the type of missile that they used it looked like for this for the standoff i think it looked like a jdam i think it was a jdam it looked like one i could be wrong but like they were like, oh, we're going to launch a nuke. And they're like, oh, it's going to be successful. And then, oh, wait, no, it wasn't. And it's like, abort all, abort all the other B2s, the entire force, which I was surprised because they had destroyed the El Toro um, Marine Corps Air Station that Will Smith's character had flown out of. But the entire fleet of B2 bombers was able to get off the ground from Whiteman Air Force Base, which is where they're stationed. So, like, why? So they decided to take out this Marine Corps air this Marine Corps air station. Maybe it was a target of opportunity because it was so close to L.A. But like, if you're worried about taking care of some of the major military bases, why didn't you go immediately after some of our largest bomber bases if they had that kind of intel on us? That's questionable. Didn't make much sense to me. <laughs> Um, also, the other thing I was like, why would they use a bomber if, if there was such a large target area with these giant distance size? Don't you think that maybe ICBM we could have used some of... Exactly! You think like some it's of our, 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 our... It's not a small target, so it's like, that would be like almost a guaranteed hit, and that's a large payload. So, I feel like they could have hit it with a ballistic missile. Unless, you know, because they didn't know that the it wasn't going to work, why why waste the bombers on it? I was like, dude, for sure. They weren't caring about the city that they were firing the, the bomb over at this thing over, which was Houston, I think. They were over Houston. It was somewhere so, in the south, yeah. Yeah, it was in Houston. So I was just like, really? Ah, I called a question that as well. Um, so, so, so far so in this movie, you would, so sloppy, you would say sloppy consulting with the military so far. Yeah, and so like on the plane, not only does he, I think he has the the chairman of joint chief of, joint chiefs of staff with him, and he also has the sec def with him. Mm. It's like because and they sent the vice president and then the other joint chiefs of staff to NORAD. By the way, to get taken out apparently, as well. I'm like apparently they weren't well within the. I've never been to NORAD, but if it's like in war games, um, Cheyenne Mountain, Zik, you're in a, they're like 
behind blast doors in a really, you know, deep in the mountainside. They decided to attack so. large population centers, a tiny air force base, and into a mountain. Yeah. If, if and that was it. <laughs> well, they I don't know how many ships because they were detected, like attacking other major population centers and other big countries as well, like Russia and China and you know other areas. So it was just like, hmm. Hmm. Yep. They were able to get into the hardened building that's well below ground and under a mountain and kill the entire vo vice president, Joint Chief Staff's entire NORA is just gone. And like, I don't buy that one at all. Maybe they only attacked that <laughs> because of its its space com its space command. Uh, well, so much stuff Air there. Or, so, sidetracks. Yes, there is a lot out there. Because you have Air Force Space Command out there. You have NORTHCOM slash NORAD out there. What do you know about Space Command, Sarah? I know a lot more than you. Don't so. you work in Space Command? No, I work at STRATCOM. Okay. Now, Air Force Space Command is owned by STRATCOM. Boom. And we also... We, we do a lot with NORTHCOM NORAD. Mm -hmm. We do a lot in conjunction with them on things. But there are things that... Northcon NORAD are responsible, and there's things that we're responsible for. So not to get into the whole discussion, I should probably stay on point. I'm getting tangent here. Um, we still got some PUBG in that time. And we're at over an hour. Oh my gosh! <laughs> All right, let's wrap, let's wrap this up. Um, so SecDef's like, at, I was like, who's like, well, the crazy father of Jeff Goldblum's character is like, well, don't you have one of these spaceship things already? I mean, back in the 50s, 60s, blah, blah, blah. And everyone's like, no, no, you're crazy. And then the SecDef's like, actually, Area 51 does exist, so they go there. Mr. President, um, that's not entirely accurate. That's not accurate. So they get there, and uh, oh, Brett Spiner's character, all crazy and whatnot. Um, they have uh, the original spaceship. Um, eventually, Will Smith's character with a caravan of of, of motorhomes shows up. He's like, uh, hey, you let me into this base. It's like, sir, you don't have the clearance. And it's like, he opens up the parachute. And it's like, oh, there's my clearance. The guy's just like, oh, my gosh. He's like, let him in. And they just let everybody in. Yeah. Um, speaking of, the son of the crop duster guy who's, like, sick. They just say, he needs to take his medicine. He needs to see a doctor. But they never actually say what he's suffering from or what he's sick from. So I just found that odd the entire time I was watching that movie. It's like, well, what's he actually sick from? What's this medicine that he needs? What kind of medicine is he taking? So they don't really ever talk about it. <laughs> the kid just gets sick for whatever reason. And for some reason, that has that was a, a it was more just like a plot driver for just to get, you know, the crazy guy you know, more screen time and like, oh, I'm a crop duster. I was abducted by aliens. Yeah, and th uh, this as Marines you probably could have done the movie without him. This as Marines <laughs> are the best pilots. Crop dusters can also fly jet fighters. <laughs> Apparently, like anyone who had a pilot license, they're like, yeah, we're going to give you like the two, the two hour, like quick go over of how to fly a fighter jet. And uh, everyone will be good. Actually, that was the other thing was like, yeah, I think a lot of them might have, you know, probably died on takeoff because a fighter jet is not an easy thing to fly. What do you mean? There's a reason that they go through two years of school. Yeah, you have to go through two years because nobody understands the inverted controls. Up oh is down, down is up, Sarah. <laughs> Nailed it. 
Lots of motherfuckers. So, anyways, um, they they take the alien he brought with them. They start to like take him out of his bio suit that he had, and it wakes up and kills everyone in that operating room. And it speaks telepathically, and it has some sort of like, while it's choking Brent Spiner and killing him, he has a telepathic connection with the uh, the president, and everyone's like, "Oh no." Is that is that glass bulletproof? Uh, Alec, uh, not Alec. It's uh, Jane. No, Adam Baldwin's character, who's the major, is like, no, it's not. And then he takes out his pistol and just shoots the the, the, the alien. And then the president's like, I know what their plan is. They just go from place to place, just just soaking up all of the resources. They're just gonna kill us all. So he's like, fuck it. At this point, we're gonna we're gonna launch a counter assault, launch some nukes and stuff. I don't care that it's July Fourth. So eventually, they uh, Jeff Goldblum's character figures out once he's in the, the the spaceship that they have there that oh, they're just susceptible to like us when they're not in their their armor or anything. They're just the technology is more advanced, but it's a computer. Oh, I just infected with a virus, and it can take down the shields and stuff and disrupt their signal with all their their little minion spaceships. How are we gonna get there? Oh. Luckily, we have this this Marine Corps pilot here who can fly anything, apparently. Oh. So him and Jeff Goldblum, they, they hatched this great plan, and they're also going to put a tactical nuke on board that they're going to launch inside the mothership. They're going to get up there, somehow transfer the virus into the spaceship. Through a Macintosh. Through a Macintosh. And, oh, by the way, we're going to launch this, this tactical nuke in there and get out in time and home. While all the other pilots around the world are fighting these, the, the, the smaller spaceships. And probably the best, one of the best lines is by the crop duster while they're like, oh, you know, what does he say? He's like, um, oh, I forget. He's like, do you remember me or something like that? I'm back. Oh, I wish I could remember the entire line that the first part hello boys i'm back back. yeah that's the one hello boys i'm back (laughs) uh but it makes the the hero sacrifice and flew right up into the nacelle yep just right up in there Uh, uh i think this is the movie with one of the best inspirational speeches that any movie could have so, you know, you get that one. This no, They can't take our Independence Day, all that jazz. Uh, and obviously at the end when they get back, and Will Smith is, like, promising his little adoptive son, like, hey, didn't I promise you fireworks? And you see all the bits of spaceship flying through the sky. He's like, yep, and everyone's all happy, and that's the end of the movie. We will not go quietly into the night. Into the night. We will not vanish without a fight. We're going to live on. We're going to survive. Today, we celebrate our Independence Day. Yes. Truly a great speech. It was a very good speech. We all love Bill Pullman. So, well, Bill Pullman's great. Um, I actually, so, watching this did make me, I didn't get to see it in theaters. And I know I didn't hear great things of it, but it does make me want to watch the sequel. Is Bill Pullman in it? Yes, he is. Mm. There's hope. There's hope. There's always hope. So I was like, I was. I'm curious to see what. Ha- I'm more so curious what to see happens in 
Independence Day resurgence. Okay. Not so much if it's good or not. Should we should we do a uh, should we have a follow up where you just tell us what should. happens with Independence Day resurgence? Then maybe I will try to get a hold of this as well. Or or maybe uh, we could watch together and we can do a review of it. Mm, we'll see about that. <laughs> so uh, Independence Day. Graphics don't hold up as well as you, you want it to. But you know what? It's a solid movie blockbuster. And it's, like, fun. And, you know, it, it doesn't get that old. It's kind of like, it has a lasting, it has a lasting effect, I think, to it. Nostalgia-wise to it. Just like Jurassic Park. Because you thought it was really good, and then you realized how much it bastardized uh, the military. Uh, I think that's m m a lot of movies, a lot of action movies that just assume certain things about the military. Nope, not Iron Man, not. Uh, yeah, ship. yeah. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the only movies, military-wise, that I always feel are are truly a more Starship accurate. Troopers. Uh. I'm doing my part. <laughs> How about you? I, I mean, I, I always heard from people that you know, older generation Vietnam era that Full Metal Jacket was pretty accurate. Um, some of the newer, let's see, what was the movie? Um, Dunkirk? The one about Michael Murphy. Um, some of the Lone Survivor um, I've heard, and yeah, I would, is actually pretty, I think, in terms of accuracy-wise of military operations, um, that one did um, hold true to a lot of some of that stuff. Um, ones, I think, where the military is actually the mainstay of the movie. It's not just an added element. So, Like but, I said, like Starship Troopers. It's the most accurate uh, Oh, movie. God. <laughs> Although, like, I get... Oh, don't I like I like not always not always the case. I remember seeing American Sniper and I was like, "This is shit. This is not a good movie. Don't believe anybody what they tell you." Really? It's a good movie. I had a lot of problems. No. Okay, because I had a lot of people. I had a lot of problems. Had highly recommended that to me, and I still haven't seen it, and I probably won't. I saw it, and I had at least from a plot point perspective. And a military perspective, I think I had a lot of issues with the movie. Um, more so with the... So they, they portray... I, I've worked with a lot of our ISR platforms. Um, Intelligence, Surveillance, Reconnaissance is what ISR stands for. So our collection platforms. So I've worked with Predators and Reapers. Whoa, you work with Predators. I've worked with them. Drones. I've seen them up close. Yes, drones. I've worked with drones. And there's a particular scene in that movie where it's like they have a predator on station, and for the time period that he was there, the the video feed that they were looking at was really nice and clean. I'm like, that's that feed would not look that freaking good. No way, not at that time period. They did not have that great of an MTS ball on it. Also, there was an in, in a, approaching incoming sandstorm. There is no way that they would have kept that pred on station and risked the the pred. It's an expensive asset that has other expensive, uh, expensive, uh, sensitive equipment on board that they would not risk the safety of that that 
not the safety, but risk crashing that platform, even though he was in the middle of a troops in contact situation, firefight, it, they still wouldn't, um, I think, have risked the platform in that particular scenario. Um, that makes sense. Additionally, I, another, I think one of the bigger flaws in the movie that I was really upset with, I think, was a dis a dis service to an audience who probably is not as familiar with the timeline of the difference between the war in Iraq and the war in Afghanistan. Uh, they they were doing some sort of like graduation celebration or whatever, and then 9-11 had happened, and they'd heard about it, and they're like, boys, we're going to war, and then it shows them in Afghanistan. Or no, it doesn't show them in Afghanistan, it shows them in Iraq. Which, if you were not smart on the timeline of events... If you didn't know, you would think we went into Iraq because of 9-11, which is not at all why we went into Iraq. Two separate, two separate, two separate things. We went to Afghanistan. We went to Afghanistan because of 9-11, and we went into Iraq supposedly due to weapon inspections. Weapons of mass destruction that were claimed to have been there. Yes. WMD. There's no way we could have been gone to Iraq because of 9-11 because it was an inside job. Uh, no. Okay, that's, that's another podcast. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Uh, Completely different. Yeah. Two different two different reasons for two different wars there at the same time. So, I think, so I think for I the average audience member... I don't know anything about the military. So this is a person who knows a couple things about recent history. Those, I think, would have stood out to me as well. Yeah, so that for me... And it, the thing is, the movie was made by Clint Eastwood. He's made good films. This is just, just like... That's a disservice to the audience, and like I feel like if you didn't know a lot about it, you would just people would just make that assumption. So I was really upset by that. I was like, that is not like because it, it was literally the next scene that they were in Iraq, and I was like, this what? this is this is like me making no a civil war movie, and it's Lincoln talking to George Washington on his deathbed, telling him how he needs to <laughs> save the country. It's like, well, maybe those don't line up with the same dates, because. I mean, a I mean, they're the, they're within years of each other, like a year or two of each other. But it's just but like it seems that ridiculous no. to me. Like it is, it does because if you look, like our first engagement into Afghanistan after nine eleven is they went in and did the tour. I think it was like tour or something like that operation. Yeah. Where they were trying to seek out. Um, the Al Qaeda. They were trying to yeah they were trying to get Osama bin Laden initially, and um and then he made his way into Pakistan from there. And we, and there was for, a big deal then for too, ever. because it was like, like they, they were like, is the U.S. going to invade Pakistan? Because exactly. We went right into Afghanistan for them. It's like, why would we not just go across the border? And then the Pakistan's like, well, we might have nukes. Maybe we'll use them. Yeah, we had to keep our good relationships with Pakistan and everything, because that's how you get into Afghanistan is through Pakistan. Right. Oh yeah. So, anyways, I think I've gotten way off topic. <laughs> Uh. Before we call this a night, I'm hoping we can get this episode up before too long because there's something really important that we need to talk about. Oh. If people want to listen to our podcast, they need to listen to it on the internet. To listen to it on the internet, they need to be able to actually get bites <laughs> from one computer to another. Yes. I support net neutrality. I don't know how Sarah feels. Oh, I'm, I'm getting political. Uh, oh, God. I know. Get You can get political. I'm, I'm getting political this for a few seconds. Deal. Uh, yes. Please, if you have time, just search how can I fight the fight against or the fight for net neutrality, not against the fight for net neutrality, 
Uh, call up your local senators, congressmen, representatives. Uh, just, I mean, you have a, everybody has a phone. Just call them up. You'll probably be brought to a busy signal, and then at some point you'll be talking to somebody and then say, don't support or don't support closed nets. Support net neutrality. Net neutrality. That's good. And if you can find, what is it, Ajit Pai, whatever his name is? The, uh, the chairman the of the FCC? Is that his yeah, person? go take a shit on his lawn. Don't, don't defecate <laughs> on anybody's <laughs> property. Uh, except for his. <laughs> except that one. Maybe. <laughs> you know what? If, if, if you have a dog, maybe forget Just to pick up the poop there. <laughs> uh, if this is one thing that we can all agree on together, across all communities, it's that the across all differences, this is one thing everyone should be in agreement upon. I was going to say, it's, the internet is good. The internet's not all good, but access to the internet is good access to the internet is good and the internet in the u.s is built mostly on public infrastructure so the public should have access to it just as the public should have access to electricity and water I, and i, I don't i don't that. need my my internet provider is Cox Cro out here and i don't need them throttling my drama fever for my K-dramas. You guys hate Sarah? I want to watch a time of fans. You hate Sarah watching K-dramas? I mean, you oh, might, no. but you should let her do it anyway. Because oh. <laughs> then you can watch your own weird TV shows with tentacles. I don't care. Uh. This is Sandwich Kisses. Peace out. Uh.